This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard and alongside me as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day everybody. You couldn't have picked any other time in your life to drink out of sip, that cup. Just sip the beverage. Yeah. No, I don't know just why. As I'm introducing time. you, you're yeah. like, yes, this is the time to fill my mouth with fluids. And and suck it back. And yeah. suck it deep. Yes. <sighs> Fantastic. What that a, time what we brought start. back food noises at the start of the podcast. People hate that. Right? If, no, if you haven't like... listened to this show since like the raw like first couple of years of this show, Mitch is just like, Eat chocolate bars into the uh, microphone. Mate, all of us used to eat stuff in the microphone. Uh, yeah, and like Please. people legitimately stopped listening to our show because of the mastication. Cowards couldn't power through it. It's, an, some, awful, it's and, an awful I noise. Mean, some people we've never, we never heard from since I stopped eating. You yeah, know? And maybe, we, maybe I should start eating to get the I really back up. strongly advise against that. Yeah, mate, um, I haven't got any, mate, I've got some pretzels. I'm going to get some pretzels. Oh, well, they make, well, they're, well, you're already thirsty, so what are they going to do? Mm. Well, this is a mm. good. as is a here. You got a metal straw, so you can hear that. That's mate. How good are metal straws? By the way, I get one in my bag at all times, just in case. Just in case. Now, I do prefer the plastic ones. You know, well, yeah. I, I, I mean, if, minor, but... if your options are metal or paper, well, yeah, my options are metal, and they stop making plastic straws. It's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, or the weird wooden ones, mate. But no, I don't mind the wooden good. ones much, but paper straws just like awful, just absolutely mate, awful. You know how we get everyone in Australia gets that bit of winter mold. You know, yeah. On my. I had a wooden straw in a cup next to my bed, like my cup I drink out of at night. And I, re- you know, well, I don't wash that cup as much as I should, but it sits there for like a week or two before I wash it out. Sure. The wooden straw, when I went to rinse it after like two weeks' use, it was moldy. I don't like that. Yeah, so they, they go, I threw them all out. Metal, metal <laughs> so, doesn't go moldy. So, no, it doesn't. Rusty, sure. But yeah, it's fine. Who knows what's living inside this straw? I can't see, but you know, it's, the fact I can't see it, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, before we get to questions, we've got some rookie tags. New listeners show. This is our weekly segment where we uh, people submit the uh, like some of the worst rugby league opinions of the week. Uh, a few people are banned who would have otherwise been nominated this week, um, and I chose to. Or fatigue. Ignore. Yeah, con- con- consistent performers. They're getting a rest yeah. this week, but um, there is a first though. We got one person being submitted twice for two very different things, so that's exciting. Um, and with that in mind, first of all, we have uh, Rooster Man nineteen ninety seven. Is Tedesco? Forever racist because he said Squid Game in the direction of an Asian person. Unless you've never said anything, you regret or support a team that has never had an off-field incident. Please shush emoji. What? I don't understand his point. Like, if your team's ever had a bad person on it, you can't. Is it like the Tesco thing came up again? No, he just brought it up. I don't understand. I don't really understand why it was brought up. But anyway. Um Mm. And then we've got uh, Scott Palmer. Ilias could go down as the best seven in Rabbits history soon. Soon. like Maybe two more weeks. If he wins Clive Churchill weeks. medal, he probably does, right? In history, of course. Yeah. I, I'm actually like only half joking. Like, if he wins a Clive Churchill medal, like people, not me, but people will start saying he's better than Adam Reynolds ever was. Of course. Not- I mean, we've seen discourse this week, mate. We live in the moment more than ever. You know, it's just as we, we we always live in the moment, and um, all it'll take is kick out on to him once this weekend, and people will give up again. People are so staunchly now certain he's a fantastic young player. That's true. We'll give up if kick out runs over him, which is stupid. Like you know, last week he tackles Wade Graham and Matt Moylan, and he's the best defensive halfback in the comp. And 
on his way to being potentially South's best ever halfback. And this week, if he gets knocked out, he might be South's worst ever halfback. It's true. Really, I know which one he's closer to, and you've had a lot of bad halfbacks, but I know which one he's closer to. <laughs> it, um, he's, he's closer to Mick Moran than Adam Reynolds. I think. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Mick Moran. Hope he's doing well. Um, <laughs> Curtis Woodward. I know Rugby Australia do themselves no favours, but a resurgent Wallabies is a good thing for Rugby League, particularly on the North Shore where Union can win a couple of those kids back from the Swans, i.e. former Bears fans, etc. Uh, I'm lost. Like I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, all these kids playing have, baseball is great for cricket. Have where's this weird <laughs> new alignment between rugby league and Union and our friends, and also the kids on the North Shore who are Bears fans? Name yeah. one. Also, I have, like, <laughs> I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Union and League are more in competition than League and AFL, given the fact that Union can steal our players and we steal theirs, etc. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. There was a weird time. There was that real peak Code Wars time, the early 2000s, mm. and then League fought with Union, and then AFL decided to do the silly thing that the Codes do here. For some reason, they thought if they stole League, like two League players, League people would go watch it. And then everyone realized that doesn't do shit. No, doesn't. it doesn't. It doesn't. What a shock that, like, Kamakahan went there and people just kept watching NRL. Like, it is funny, though, that I'm pretty sure he still has the greatest moment in that club's history. Yep. And very funny. <laughs> And they also, like, you know, again, AFL are widely successful and people, when they don't watch it, they think that, oh, it's just like everything right. You know, obviously today's issues and those issues, not so much. But they talk about, they think they get everything right. But, like, they literally put two expansion teams in to compete with rugby league and those two teams suck. And they've sucked yeah, and, they've and nobody goes to them. sucked. No one cares about them at all. Yeah, so. that's it. Those, like, they, they keep talking about, like, and I know I'm, I'm a pro expansionist for league and I think, the NRL should go to places like Perth and just sit there for 10 years and see what happens. They, they're they talking about an AFL bringing in Tasmania team and they want to move a Melbourne team. It's like, mate, just kill one of those two franchises. Yeah, but at least, yeah, Tasmania makes sense. There's an appetite for Sharon down there where there isn't in Western Sydney. It just doesn't exist. It doesn't, and it's, it just hasn't started and it's just not going to just start one day, is it? Like, It's not. I mean, the Gold Coast Suns are just funny as well. Like, it's, it, those teams are so funny because they actually are given all these dispensations and just suck. And then, but the players just like go back to like Geelong and Essendon yep. after like their first contract after they get drafted runs out. They just go back to Victoria. So it's like, what's the well, point? Well, Google, Google tells me the peak of the Gold Coast Suns, mate. Their best season ever in 11 years is 12th. Yep. That's not great. And. Every other year is 14th or lower. Do you mean to My tell God. me that the Gold Coast Titans are the more successful of the two Gold Coast franchises? They are. There you go. That's Weren't the Giants the... actually good at one point? Yeah, the Giants made a grand final. I only know there that because um, it was you the were day a proud after. You Giants fan for about I was, three weeks but this was, uh, this was after that. This was um, um, uh, the day after we went to Canberra for South Raiders prelim and my job for work that day was to go to the live site at Homebush where all the Giants fans were. Um, and honestly, there was probably like 300 people there. And by the time the game finished, cause they, they scored like the first goal, then they didn't score another goal for like three quarters. So like there was probably 50 mm. people there by the time the game finished. It was very sad, which I guess yeah. is better in a way. Yeah. I, I can't remember I got dragged to the GWS. I mean, went to one GWS game out at the, the showground, dragged mm. there once. And it was like one of the, again, like I know it looks like less people in the stadiums are full, but it's one of those games yeah. that I could have sworn it was like 20, 200 people I don't actually, there. that's a, not a bad, and look, I don't actually hate going to live AFL games because it is a better sport to watch live than TV, but the, just the main problem is like, it's on at the same time as League, so I'm never going to watch it. 
Like if it was on in the summer I, or if it was on on like Tuesdays, I'd probably watch a lot more of it. But like, yeah. I'm just never going to watch this sport that's on at the same time as the sport I watch every week. This is the most AFL chat I've had in the decade. Well, there you yeah. go. Gi- Giants and Suns, two worst attendances in the league. What a shock. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> that's the, anyway, but rugby union's going to, the Wallabies being good is going to bring back people from the AFL who are then also, going the to. Also, the Swans are literally in a grand final this week. <laughs> watch rugby league, but also the Wallabies lost. Yeah. Like the, the resurgent Wallabies is still losing to the All Blacks. That's the peak yeah. of Aussie rugby at the moment. But that, boy, uh, they tried though. They got close. Perhaps the worst refs call I've ever seen in any sport. But anyway, oh, um, I enjoyed it. This is in some Newcastle Facebook group. Uh, someone said, Caitlin, as in Caitlin Rand, won't be playing. She is suspended. And Kevin Taylor replied, All I can say, if and when she takes the field, she is a marked woman and all hell could break loose. You're right. The monarchists are just gonna lose it. Mate. Yes, I tell you what, they'll be lining that these up. These people live on. No, honestly, when, when she takes on the dragons this week, I tell you yeah. what. Well, St. George the queen was and her dragons, knight mate. Of the, exactly, the knight of the realm. So that's, that's it, mate. The queen and her dragons, mate. I tell you what, fire and brimstone raining down on Kate and Moran this weekend. <laughs> Fucking what an absolute job! And uh, Rooster Man, he's back. Uh, Latrell ran 66 meters tonight with 31 meters in kick returns. How anyone can justify these stats is beyond me. Guys like Teddy, Gutho, Edwards take 200 plus meters off the board every game, which is a huge help to everyone else. Latrell only gets involved in glory plays. Obviously, there's some elements of truth in that he's in that low work rate, but nobody gives a shit, mate. And on the weekend, it's not one of the games that like the troll could have had zero runs for zero meters. They wouldn't have cared. They won by 38 to 12. He's going to have more meters than Tedesco this week. Yeah, that's it. It's like so, that, that's I've laughed at that. It is funny that today he said he's still like almost has more meters in eighteen minutes. That is than very has the whole finals. But it's like, yeah, I don't think this is the game to really pull out that. Mate, I you think know what? this the troll should have worked harder. The super uh, super coachification of the sport, the brain rot that it brings with it. It's not as bad as it is in American sports yet, where people just assume their fantasy players are the best players. But like, yeah. it's getting that way with run meters. Like people, oh, they they count at some point, right? But it's also of like, course they matter. But like. Just watch Souths games. Just I mean, watch the games. Like it matters, right? It's okay. It mattered, for example, when that year the game that essentially cost Bevan Frenchy's NRL career, where it was a slow scoring wet game. It was yardage, whatever, and Bevan French touched the ball twice in yardage the yes. entire game. When the ball was okay. in play the entire game, you know, that's bad. But in games when Souths have pissed it in, it doesn't fucking matter. Really and yeah, matter. Teddy in the similar game would get 300 meters. And you know what? It doesn't matter either because they, they won by 30, you know? It's the same thing, mate, last year when all those crazy stats around, which people trying to say that Tommy stuff was the best season you've ever seen. It's like, it, it's just not. And you know what? You've all stopped talking about it because it wasn't the best season you've ever seen. Yeah, I, I just, um, <laughs> I I pulled up, um, I just pulled up the, like, I just went back to the Roosters game against the Storm. Like, I just, that was the, like, I mean, because you take that piss-take South game out. Like, that was the last game they played properly when it mattered. And Tedesco had 26 receipts and had 150 metres. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Latrell has, like, his receipts. I mean, I'm, I don't have it in front of me. I probably should have pulled that up in advance. But, like, I'm going to just guess that he has, like, 20 receipts in this game that, that he didn't run for any The metres. funny thing is he had 25 receipts in the game. Oh, there you go. Right now, there you go. Yeah. Like, but so, mate, he didn't have enough meters, therefore he didn't do anything. Yes, it's, and even Sharks fans were replying to this idiot, being like, "No, his passing was like killing arages the whole time." Yeah, I know. Like it's like, yeah, oh well, he didn't take enough kick returns. But also, you see, the Sharks got to the fifth tackle like like four times. It felt like. Yes. <laughs> it was like, and they were just like 
And when they did, they just put up like a ham-fisted bomb or yeah. went for and a chip. Like, and and a lot of these things do matter when you talk about like the next level or different mm-hmm. roles. In it. But the way like South, have fi- like, it really matters for South. Before they had like what Campbell Graham and Tarson are now doing with, with Yardage and Tane Milne, there was, there was a, South, a time in South's history where they actually struggled to get out of their end. And it yep. would have really mattered then that Latrell and Johnson do nothing. But that's also assuming the other guys aren't doing anything. But it's in any team, mate. That not every single person needs to make 200 meters to have a good game. Mm. Like, you know, the trolls had some games for South this year, you know, that haven't had a high meter up. Who cares? But, you know, when he's had, a, he had that game against, um, just like the, the Warriors, when he, what do you, what do you do? He put on like two tries. And he scored, scored that two, sick try where he ran through like four props. It was great. Got taken off after like, like 60 minutes. Yeah, and he had like 50, 20 to go. Yeah. Had like 50 meters. It's like, well, I guess he, the rest doesn't matter. Nothing he did matters because he only had 50 meters. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's that, like, it's that stat more than every other stat that seems to really trip people up. It's like meters, 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 meters. Like, oh, well, and missed tackles too, mate. Yeah. Yeah. The moment people say, like, I guess there was a certain number, like, oh, that guy therefore can't defend. It's like, uh, did you watch the game? <laughs> you know, they're not all created it, equal. But yeah, again, exactly. the, yeah, the, it's, a, it's a game of position, field position, and territory, and it matters. But it also doesn't fucking matter if South don't have field position issues, which they didn't have in this game. No, they sure didn't. All right. Mm-hmm. And that's rookie takes. If you want to vote and submit your own, go to be a patron, patron.com forward slash. And bad ones there, considering yeah, you think they were very good this week. Yeah. I think there. this is a first. We know that someone double nominated in the same week, but they're both very stupid opinions. <laughs> good on him. And very diverse too. Like one's about racism and one's about meters. So yeah. Two equally important issues in society. <laughs> All right, and with that said, let's get into the questions. Are you serious? Yeah. We're going to have any questions. Okay, question time over on patreon.com forward slash NLB rookies. If you want to guarantee your question is answered. Mm. Uh, the first one here, Adric, what are three words to describe your team's season? Alex Johnston tries. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's six words. No, just move, ignore the end, though, obviously. Okay. <laughs> uh, or I could also go with Thick King Returns. Thick King Returns. There you go. Perfect. Uh, okay. Next question. Shanta, who is the player from your club's history you wish could have won a premiership with the club? Do Nathan Merritt and Isaac Luke count? Potentially, I mean, they were in help. the grand final winning squad, and Luke obviously would have played if he wasn't suspended. So I don't know if they count for this answer. We if they like do, obviously, it's out. Nathan. Here, do yeah, we? that's like, weird, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, end of the bench NBA dudes, can, like, they can literally not play in the finals or yeah. get one. You can apply, get hit, traded by the team, and you still get a, get a yeah. Ring. I remember that when Varajay was, was it Varajay was going to get one from either team? Yeah, it was Cavs and Warriors. It. That was funny. And, and you know, a, a good friend, uh, Jesse the Monster Williams, mate, Super Bowl champion. Yeah, Super Bowl champion. But anyway, let's, let's just exclude those guys. You've got okay. someone better. Well, in that case, it's either Luke Stewart or Roy Satasi. There you go. Well, it's very rare that a Broncos legend goes without a say, ring. Most of your favorite players all have multiple rings. So. But, they, they, you know, it's now been since 2006, obviously. So there's two for me. First one's Corey Oates, because I love Corey yeah. Oates. And he's been around forever for us. Uh, and he might, he might finish his career as Broncos top try scorer, which is cool. Uh, second one is Ben Hunt. Good answer. Because uh, I think if they win that grand final, his career takes an entirely different trajectory. Milford just thrown in the trash. Sad. 
Uh, I mean, mate, come on. He he hasn't been good for like four years. It's true. I love Tony. You love, and there's other you guys loved, at their peak, you love Tony more than Hunt, though. Yeah, I did. Uh, I don't. I'm, yes, yeah, no, maybe because I, yeah, no, I, really, I was friends no, with you when the Broncos were really. You good. weren't. You, you weren't Milford friends with me as much. So when like I went through the th- like 2013, 14 with that's with, true. With, but like 15, 15, yeah, 16, 15, you loved yeah. Milford. Yeah, Milford was just one of those ones. Like it's so rare that like I looked at him when he was at the Raiders and like that guy's mm-hmm. awesome. I want that guy. Then they signed him. That never happens. You never like that's look true. at a player and they go. So I was like, I love that from day one. Yeah, you know, it's so rare that. The, your club goes and gets the dude that's this young, awesome Queenslander at another club yeah. for us, but it's them. But you know, it's also more so like Hunt had been around Brisbane for like a hundred games at that point. You know, and he, he played off the bench for like a hundred games. Griffin didn't believe in him, and now they're like best mm. mates somehow, apparently. But got into mm. the start, took drag us to the finals pretty much on his own. Then Wayne comes back, and then that grand final happens, and his career kind of gets derailed for like two years. Yeah. And, and um, I think that was a massive sliding doors moment for the club and for him. And Corey just got, I love that dude. And um, yeah. I don't know, I, I'm, there was about three of us who didn't give up, give up on him as a Bronco last year. And well, I, gave up, I, I gave up on everyone pretty much. So he's one of the ones I didn't. And there's not many I didn't give up on. So I'm really glad he's playing well. There's another guy that we could have both potentially had just because of how fun he was when he was good. And that's James Roberts. Cool. James Roberts, yeah. I mean, I, I do Roberts. love Jimmy the Jet. And uh, there's not many players who... Like God, last week man, I was watching Jimmy Jet highlights again. That so there's not many players. The Roosters. Yeah, I'd go back to and watch that guy's highlights of, and I'm gonna miss him. And I hope we hope him. I wish him well in uh, retirement. But yeah, it only makes that list. I really didn't like mate. Like, I know very often we we do all turn into cut and dry. Like, get him out of here with guys who have yeah. a, like five bad games or similar. I really didn't like how quickly Broncos fans turned on Jimmy. Out of all the players, it was we very had. quick. Well, yeah, because like. He didn't really have bad games. He like he did. He was bad after he left Brisbane, pretty much. But yeah. we didn't get bad, Jimmy. He, we got rid of him before he was bad, and people just wanted him gone because of like consistency. And it's like you don't watch sports for consistency. You're lying if you think you do. You don't. You no, don't watch you don't. sports for the dude who has it does an okay job every week. Nobody cares about that guy. Jimmy the Jet is why you watch sports. People are like him. It's true. It's box office. He is. Yeah, uh, and that's the same thing. Like, like you're more troll, people right? tuning like, into watch Deshaun Jackson or Wes Welker. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't give a shit when Latrell has those mech games when he's your guy. It's easy to t- like the same thing. Easy for other people to attract Jimmy when he when he's on Brisbane. Other people can talk about his some missed tackles or his poor work some weeks. I hate that Brisbane fans turn with him like that. I love that dude. You know who else? I hope gets a premiership ring. Who? Uh, Tane Milne, Lachlan Ilias. Um, <laughs> If there's there's one guy who I I think really Junior Totola was it was Tane uh, Milner. Saliva Havili. Um Mm. I can't be fucked. Mark Nichols. I can't be fucked naming the rest of the guys who didn't win in twenty fourteen for this very stupid joke. But Mm. I I I controversially just hope we win the premiership this year. That's that's crazy. Uh Ken Mm. Beswick, you guys recall a lot of specifics about games. Do you guys watch multiple games multiple times or once but take notes? Um I don't know what it's like for you, but there's probably like, it's weird, right? Like, and I talk to Camp about this a lot because like, I have a near photographic memory of like South's games from like 2002 to 2006 ish. Mm-hmm. And then after that, when sort of like you become an adult and your life sort of diversifies a bit more, I still watched all the games, but like I had a lot more going on in life than just going to school and going to football games with my grandfather, if you get me. So like, I can pretty much, like, if you give me a random game from that period, I can probably, like, tell you the try scorers much. 
I can't remember like games from this year very vividly, much less like five years ago. Um, and I, I guess that's just because like we just have like there's just this, we just have more stuff going on in life, and there's just less time for footy than there once was. I still watch all the games like every week, but yeah, well, rewatching games every week anyway. Rewatching games, I remember stuff every week when we do this, I guess. Oh well, yeah. I mean, that's just kind of sometimes you'll sometimes you'll say something that jots my memory. Um, I did. Yeah, um, used to take notes sometimes, but it just made it less fun, to be honest. So I stopped. Uh, but... I'll only ever take notes if it's something I really want to make sure I mention, but I don't. I mm. haven't done that in years. But it's also like for me, it's different, mate. Like, and Bungard's similar to like, we we both work in the space anyway, so it's like even though I don't don't watch the game as much, I very often and mm. I don't watch games multiple times often, very often, but I'll very often go back and go through the key moments you know, yeah yeah totally or you know or you know just simple stuff like that or i'll drop my memory like i'll watch the game and then very often like if i'm what we're talking about a game we're here i can't think of think of like what happened then i'll bring up the play-by-play honestly and just go yeah oh yeah that, that happened they recall you know some recall but i haven't got a great memory mate you know and i don't really have much control over it, it just happens it's um i got adhd and it's it's like I have hyper focus on footy. I like footy, so I rec- I can recall and stick on that. But I don't really like have much control over what I commit to memory or not. If you get me, it just happens. Yeah. And footy just something yeah. just happened, and I remember them, and that's it. And I couldn't remember. And I forget other half the other stuff they do in a day though. Easy. Hmm. Uh, anyway, Jordan Buckley does South dismantling of the Sharks further show how the Cowboys just don't eat. It's a fair question, but that, that I, I just think, think game, that like no. I think Souths. I think Souths are on the level of those two teams, and I think that the Sharks losing those players mm-hmm. just before in the in the days just before the game really did make a difference. I think Souths probably would have won anyway, but it wouldn't have been as lopsided as it ended up being. But you know, there is a world where the Cowboys lose that game against Cronulla the week prior, like thirty seconds, mate. Different, yeah. Goals. They they scored in the last, you know, yeah, as you said, thirty seconds. So, yeah, I don't know. I I I, I don't think it disproves anything about the Cowboys, but I also think. That I I do think Souths are better than both of them, but I mean I thought that before week one of the finals, so whatever. But yeah, um, I think yeah again a neutral site, fair enough. But the Cowboys are going to be a different beast, I think, at home. Yeah, as well. But also it, it does. It's it, the games don't relate that off that much. It's like same thing when you say, oh, you know, we look at the Tigers beat three good teams this year. Yeah. Also, I think mm-hmm. for what it's worth, Cronulla played a lot better against the Cowboys than they did. They against. did. So they, but had, also, yeah. they beat themselves a lot as well. They dropped the ball so much. Correct. Like they played a lot better. And then the other factor is they played ninety minutes. They're recovering from blowing a home game. They should have won. They lost two key players in the week. Sharks did not play anywhere near the quality of what they played last week. And I think, as even you'd say, mate, I don't think it's much of a knock on South to say the Sharks were blo- throwing this this one away from the start of the game. Like they just never look like doing anything. They dropped the ball so much, and as opposed to against Cronulla, when they still looked sorry against the Cowboys, at least they looked slick in attack. The defense wasn't there, but um, yeah, I, I don't think it proves anything for the Cowboys. You know, and the Cowboys have got their extra two weeks off now. I think the Cowboys have bounced back surprisingly well, considering this form slide end of the year. But yeah, we'll see. I you know I still think they're lambs for the slaughter for the grand final though. Uh, yeah, I think whoever wins on Saturday is winning the comp, but yeah. Yeah, so do I. Uh, next question, Sam Stevens. What is the longest period of time you've ever waited in line for something and it it was worth it? 
also what mm. event would you wait 24 hours in line for um i don't think i've ever waited like an extended amount of time for anything i have no patience yeah and i just don't think that there's like i don't know is there a meal or a whatever that's really worth your time i'd wait 24 hours for grand final tickets if like that was the only way i was going to get them yeah, like, the things you the, wait if, for that aren't intentional waits that are yeah. end up being worth it anyway. Like for example, if you end up at the airport going on a trip and you're delayed two hours, that's true. I didn't, I didn't sign up for that wait though, so I don't think that counts. But I don't think I've ever deliberately joined a queue and and gone this that was worth it. Like, mm. I don't know some people like what people queue up for. You said restaurants. You used to be, remember Apple phone Apple releases? Yeah, people never do that. Fucking hell, never. Um, yeah, like when five, every time five guys that, comes either. to every time five guys comes to Australia and like five pe- guys is permanent now, here, baby. Yeah, but like you know what I'm talking yeah, about though. When yeah. they used to come and like people would line up for like in and out was once a year. Yeah, still. or in and out is the other one. Yeah, either mm-hmm. or. But it's like you, you see, we're getting Wendy's Burgers uh, joints here. That's pretty they're, cool. They're opening ten in Australia. That's fun. It's all right. Yeah. Ho- well, hopefully, they don't get hungry jacked fighting with Wendy when yeah. Super Sundays. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't honestly don't know because I hate waiting in lines. Mm. I can wait in places, right? Like I can sit down, put some headphones in, and wait. Yeah, yeah. Like my sister used to do, because she's two years older than me, and we kind of just a little leap in the generation there that she was still in the age when she was like 16, 17, 18 when you had to queue up for concert tickets. Yeah. So she did a bit of that. Like I remember there. Were, you, do you remember that when there used to be like there'd be a ticket oh, yeah. inside, yeah, of, yeah, inside yeah. a fucking yeah. mire? Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah, my sister used to cop that. But I never did that. I was like, if I want to see something, I, I don't know. I think she'll blink one eight two doing that though. So I guess she probably thinks it's worth it now from back then. Mm. But no, I haven't done that. And he said, What would you wait twenty four hours in line for? Nothing. Um I mean, there's gotta be something. Okay, well, it's it has to be invented though, right? Okay, if you could say a Packers Super Bowl, yeah, you know, because like, yeah, in our grand yeah, final, I can get to. If I get yes. to a Packers Super Bowl and wait twenty four hours, okay, but that's not a real thing, <laughs> you know. No, it's not. That's true. Yeah, but I guess that's an event I'd wait for. Wouldn't wait for anyone's dead carcass that long. No, that is just insane behavior. I I've never understood it. Yeah. Wouldn't wait for any of them. Uh, shout out to David Beckham doing the best PR job of his life, waiting in line with people. Yeah. Oh, what a nice person he is. It's like, yeah, <laughs> he did. He, yeah, he knows. He knows what he's doing. People. <laughs> um. Yeah, I've got nothing. You got anything you'd wait in line for for twenty four hours? Super Bowl's a great answer. Um. But if they're opening a new EB down the street, and you've got to get some some North, I, Yoshi I, ornaments. Oh, I, I wouldn't even <laughs> wait for like I, I have waited for like a few hours, like not a few hours, but like, I've gone to like a midnight launch mm. for um like the Nintendo Switch, but I wasn't waiting. And like I literally showed up at midnight and I was home playing Zelda by like one a.m. So yeah, I, I guess that, it's not yeah. the same thing. It's not okay. Mm. Okay, well, that's all the questions on our Patreon. We'll go over to Discord mm. now for for the last few. I've got uh, lost here. Okay, Steve asked this last week. Yeah. Uh, I think we must have just finished recording. He asked, any updates on the Tr- Troll Mitz Gold King stats? We've kicked 19 in a row. It's pretty funny. It's that pretty he good. Kick like 60%. Now he's kicked 19 in a row, which again is classic Latrell Mitchell to not kick well till the finals. It's <laughs> just, true. Don't, don't bother the rest of the year. There's no point. Why bother? Well, here we go. Uh, well, that's yeah. too fast. But Thrushkasson asked us 60 seconds to name your best 1-17 to 17 with a player from every team. Um, I'm not doing it. I had, 
Is it best or just pe- people you like? One, I don't know, one player from each team. Oh, well, I've, di- I've gone with, like, I've tried to do both. Like, I'm trying to combine people I like and good. Okay. Um, and I started doing that whilst we were doing some other questions, but it's, I'm not ready yet. So if we could just come back to that. Okay. We'll come that's back. A long, we'll that's a long one. Then. Okay. It's yeah. all right. Uh, Benny D today, probably a question for Mitch. There we go. That's do you. not how many vegan options there are. There's <laughs> options. He said, what are your top three pie flavors from a bakery? For him, it's potato, cheese and bacon, and then chunky slash pepper steak tied mm. for third. I've used vegan ones. They yeah. Use. Also, like I used to eat meat and steak and mushroom is the, is the best one. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a thing for me. I think it's it always depends on the pie store. So you say bakery, so I'm going to say it's my like my favorite bakery or you know decent bakery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, there's a massive high variance in potato pies, like a, yeah. like a, a real average sloppy one. Not for me, but I'm with him on a good yeah. potato pie. They go really hard. They do, hmm. but um, I still think. My favorite pie is like a you just said, mate, like a like a steak and mushroom or a steak and onion, you know, or you know some places have like a they'll have a some random steak and onion and whatever caramelized onion, some fancy name flavored just a steak pie with big chunks of steak. Those are the best. Or if you get one of those places, um, that is like more you know like cheap pies when you go to Seven Eleven, they're just gravy with little chunks. When yeah, you actually they get are. a pie that's it's like true piece it's like meat with a bit of sauce and and a pastry mm. absolutely sensational so i think that number one is still has to remain a, a steak and yeah it's like i'm gonna say steak and uh mushroom i'll say for me yeah. um and then yeah i still think i might go i do actually i don't mind if it's one of those decent cheese pies because like i would usually hate cheese pies but the ones that you know i eat a steak pie with that yeah. thick layer of cheese on top, but below the crust with bacon as well. Those as, go hard. As someone who used to do a lot of like overnight chips at Fox and mm-hmm. um, 7-Eleven was sometimes the only option. The chicken pie they have was pretty good back in the day. For Which options one? at three in the morning. So it's like a long, uh, like a long oh, rectangle yeah, yeah. shaped one. Pretty decent for four bucks or whatever, three bucks. Yeah. Um, and I, I do like a, uh, I do like, as you said there, a, uh, shepherd's pie, steak and mushroom, yeah, potato pie. Yeah, I but actually I, I don't mind. Say, the pen, uh, I, think, I don't mind steak and pepper as well. And then there's like a um, curry. Curry ones are not bad if it's a decent curry one. Yeah. Um. But like I will say, like of every food stuff that exists, right, the things that you can tell the least difference between being vegan and not vegan are like meat pies and sausage rolls, because it's all just of processed the, shit inside a pastry. Yeah. Of the four and twenty ones, hundred percent. Like yeah, that's what I meant. Like a good one, but yeah, like the I had I tried a vegan one. Hmm. Where was it? I think I, I will say vegan it. four and twenty. You can't tell. Like I'm not being a dick. You really can't tell the difference. You can tell the difference, but you can't tell it's not a meat pie. Is what I'll say. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. You can you um, can t- it tastes different to the other one. It tastes like there's a bit of mushroom in it, essentially. Um, and he did say from a bakery. So what if you're at a nice bakery somewhere in America in the fall and got a pumpkin pie? Oh, oh, mate! Different thing. Yeah. I love pumpkin pie. Exactly. You know, well, he didn't specify. Didn't I've specify. made you vegan pumpkin pie. That goes. Yeah, that right. fucking ruled. You better make that again this year. Yeah. Um, I do also like. Oh God, I, I like like a good breakfast pie, and those those are usually garbage. Like ninety nine percent breakfast pies pie? suck. But when they when they cook a pie right, and then they yeah. leave a circle on the top and put an egg in the circle. I'm not familiar with that. And there's only like not everywhere does them, obviously. But right. I can't remember the name. There's there's one up the coast and also one down towards uh 
St. George down towards yep. Cogra. I forget what that one's called. People listening will probably know. I'm probably yelling at me. Both of them have sensational breakfast pies. And it's like it's like a, a crust on top with a hole for a, an egg. But it's yeah. not like the. But if the egg's been baked for the whole cycle, obviously it's gross. But if the egg is cooked perfectly in there, which a good pie shop will do, a really good brekkie. You know, I don't mind that for brekkie. Yeah. But um, I think I got I'm, my I'm, yeah, steak pie. Sorry. sorry, steak pie thing is like one. Of, sorry, steak pies are in general. Like I eat like no pies unless I'm traveling. So, That's which fair. Is, they are. It's good. Um, Although animals movie we we smashed them anyway. Yours. I have I've built so I tried to do a combination of both like really good players and players I like. So. Mm-hmm. At fullback from the South Sydney Rabbitohs, we have Latrell Mitchell. On the wings from Manly and Brisbane, we have Corey Oates and Ruben Garrick. In the centres from the Sydney Roosters, Joe Manu and the North Queensland Cowboys, Val Holmes. The 5'8 is Storm's Cameron Munster. The halfback is the Dragons, Ben Hunt. The props are Parramatta's Junior Ballo and Pendrith's James Fisher-Harris. Now, because the Dolphins are included, that means I have to pick players on based on where they are next year. So the hooker is the Bulldogs, Reed Marnie. Um, the edges are the Titans, Dave Fafita, and the Raiders, Hudson Young. The lock is handsome Toby Rudolph of the Sharks. The bench is Kalen Ponga, Tohu Harris, Isaiah Papali'i, and the Dolphins marquee signing, Mark Nichols. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. That's a pretty good team. Uh, okay. Bring Sloan. In honor of tragically non-existent Melbourne biodynamics, what are the most, so what are the worst sporting name franchises? Uh, Houston Texans. Um, New England Patriots. Yeah, both. Hey, at least that's that got. Name. At least got. At least doing the Patriots has like a bit of historical value. Whereas Houston Texans came up in like 2000, and like there was already yeah. an NFL team in Texas. Yeah. So it made even less sense. An, an NFL team who are much uh, more popular than the Texans. I might also add. hated the Houston Oilers. Dumb name. But at least it made sense historically. Again, yeah. like bad names that at least have res. Like the Rabbitohs is like on face value a stupid name, but it, it makes sense culturally, and it's become cool as a result. The Houston Oilers at least was kind of cool. Houston Texans is just fucking dumb. And Washington Commanders fucking sucks too. They could have been the Washington Bush Pigs or Wild wild Hogs or whatever it was. And I was like, why aren't you the Wild Hogs? Well, they also, over there, like the Wizards is a, a, I don't hate it because obviously I don't have the issue, but the Wizards is a franchise name everyone hates because it was the the Washington Bullets. Bullets. It's a great name. Yeah. And then the Wizards, it felt, so essentially, the I remember the history being it felt very like a very white name for an area that's not very white, like white and dorky. Um, the Nittany Lions. Why aren't you just the Lions? What's a Nittany Lion? Yeah, I'm sure there's an answer to this, so I have not looked it up. So. Oh, the, the other one I know that everyone hates is the LA Angels of Anaheim. The Los <laughs> Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Yes, Los yes. Angeles meaning the Angels, the city of like great. Yeah. What is a like, Nittany Lion? I don't know. A Nittany uh, lion is a mountain lion or cougar. Oh, all right. Just but yeah, like they, sh- they should have been. If people don't know that with the angels of Anaheim, like obviously Anaheim's yes, in the area, but so like stupid. they they change the name as always, for like making money reasons. Uh, is it like it's like in the nineties? Hey, the LA Angels, but like just be the Anaheim Angels. Just go back. Whatever terrible name. They're never gonna like. Yeah, I don't know. Like the LA Clippers, terrible name as well. Garbage. What's a clipper? It's a boat, isn't it? Is it? I think so. I thought I was going to guess like, boat, but like, like a pirate ship. And um, I will say, like all the crazy ones are actually good. Like, shut up! If you don't think the Mon- the Montgomery Biscuits is a great name, you're an idiot. Well, I don't think we can count like all those. Like, yeah, probably not. That's all right. What are the worst Aussie sports team names? Well, like the Melbourne Storm sucks, but it's like iconic now because no one else has called it. So I like it. I like the Storm. And also, yeah. it helps that like the jersey's quite nice. That is true. You yeah. oh, the Cleveland Browns is terrible. 
That is a terrible name. Yeah. Um, um what was that <sighs> that weird NBL team, like the Launceston somethings? You mean the, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers? No, no, no. It was like Launceston like ages ago. Are you sure? Yeah, they were like the Launceston okay. Casino What? Something. They're telling you that existed. I'm Googling I'm it. I'm gonna Google this. La- NBA team Launceston. Launceston Casino City. There you go. Wait, it was just called Casino City. Launceston Casino City. Okay, so it is Launceston known for its many casinos? I don't know, but I, uh, maybe uh, yeah, that's a terrible name. Obviously, that's terrible. Uh, another terrible name: Football Kings. Remember them? In the NHL? Oh, yeah, awful! They beat the Nunawading Spectres in the NBL Finals. That is a cool name, go, and their mate. logo is dope. Big there you ghost. Go, mate. Yeah, I, I can't think of any bad ones over here. I hate when we just use like. They're getting worse with the proposals for new team names. Yeah, like, they are. Like Jack the, Jumpers the, is good though. Yes, it's crazy, but it's good. I like that. It's unique. But like the Firehawks, I hated that one. Why Firehawks? Why does it have to have fire in it? Why wouldn't you be the Bush Turkeys or something cool? Yeah, exactly. Not the Firehawks. Bush Pigs. The Fort, the Fort Wayne <laughs> Mad Ants is pretty bad, but I kind of okay. like it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, next question. Oh, sorry. No, number one oh, all time. Uh, there used to be a super netball team called the Canterbury Tactics with an X. Oh, that's mate. pretty awful. That's very 2000s, the X. Yeah. Throw it there. Throw it up. Okay. Next question from Steve Perry. What Monopoly piece do you play with and what properties are your go-to? Gee, thimble? Played in a long time. The Thimble. Always Thimble. I was always a dog. But that's just lame. But that's what I was as a kid. I haven't played Monopoly as an adult in God knows um, how long. Can we play Yon Sunday? What? <laughs> Maybe. No. Okay. Uh, and what are your go-to properties? I'm just going to come over. I'm just going to knock on your door with Monopoly. There you go. Not going to explain to Anna while I'm there why I'm here. <laughs> but it's going to go for eight hours and no one's going to be happy. Perfect. Like any game. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yellow and yellow and orange for me. Yeah, well, the, the thing with Monopoly is everyone obviously always wants those, the, what is it, uh, Mayfair and, and Park Lane. Port, Park Lane. But the person who wins always bought the shit ones. I'm telling you. That's right. Stack you them up. You buy like, like Old Kent Road and West Chapel Road, whatever. The ones right, behind, right near Go. You all, because people always end up near Go. That mm. one and the, the shit ones. I can't remember the light blue ones. ones. The Angel yeah. Islington, Euston Road, and yeah. Pentonville Road. That's them. And obviously, Why do I remember all of this? I, think, I think we're older now that if I play the game, people would understand buying all those ones. I remember when we played when we were teenagers. Like, I've got to get Mayfair. People just refuse buying the, the, the cheap ones. But yeah, yeah. Those, those are the ones. Uh, also, because it's cheap to put hotels and things on them. Those are always the good ones. People always end up having to go past them because even if you, you know, anytime you pick up something, you skip through to go, you still have to go past those properties. It's true. So the, those are those are the best ones. Even though everyone wants Mayfair and Park Lane. Uh, Not okay, me. Next, next question. Weak gut. What are undervalued things to watch and what are things to ignore for each team this weekend? For example, ignore Dylan Edwards' run meetings or pay, t- run meetings, but pay attention to where Penrith's defense is forcing South to kick from and where Dylan is catching the ball for his position to catch. That's a good answer. And look, I know we like to make fun of Dylan Edwards a little bit, but it's no coincidence that the game South beat them in was that first semi-final when he didn't play and Stephen mm-hmm. Crichton was pretty bad at fullback. Yeah, I mean, he is important to how they play. Of there course is no, he is. Argument about that, yeah. But it's just that the he has a cult of Dylan Edwards, so one part goes too far and so does the other part go too far. But I think a lot of us understand that 
he couldn't be able to do what he does in many other positions, many other teams. Mm. You, know, you know, but yeah, he makes a good point there with that. But I also think, yes, like something for them to watch. It is, I want to, I, I'm interested to see how they attack the kicking towards the trail and similar. Like, you know, my head, if I'm coaching Penrith, I'm kicking on tackle three or four behind Tane, making the troll run and work his way back. But who knows if they'll do that? That's what, that's what I'm thinking. But he's right. The fact that kick pressure is huge in Oxford Penrith, and you'll see how much often, if you, if you watch them on kick pressure this week, and you watch them when clear is kicking, you'll start seeing the things that, not exactly cheating, but the things Penrith get away with that others don't or don't do. It's they, they put more kick pressure on than anyone, but also they shield Penrith clear is kicking like no there one else. There was a story today in the Daily Telegraph, and like most of it was relatively uninsightful. Like, you know, uh, Souths need to put pressure on Nathan Cleary if they're going to win. It's like, yeah, no shit. But... In that, there were some quotes um, from like, uh, I'm trying to find it right now. Um, sorry, should pull this up earlier, but you jotted my memory when you mentioned that. Um, there were some quotes where Spud Carroll calls him the quarterback, and that's fine. But mm-hmm. I'm trying to find this quote, and there's like someone, there he goes. Yeah, um, Viliami Kikau talks about protecting him, like protecting the quarterback. And it's like, Okay, but like, I are you just yeah. admitting that you're like cheating, and no one it's gives kind a of shit? What they did that. Like, what if you watch them? Like, yeah. and it's a big difference. No, I know. Why, I, yeah, yeah, I know. Well, Clear's kicking game was worse when he played for the Blues because there's not the Fisher Harris shield. You know, there's not those guys who drilled as often to, to get in front and, and and shield for Cleary as they do. But yeah, just good teams get away with more. We know this, and that's not to say they get favored more. It's just that when you're on top. You push the boundaries a little more. And it's it's a bit. Sorry, there's a quote here as well from Liam Martin saying, "Whatever we can do to give him space and room to do what he does best." It's like mm-hmm. you're basically admitting that to being a blocker. It's yeah, a bit blasé. It is blasé, but that that's hopefully Ashley Klein is briefed on this. Yeah, and and you know people know that stuff with Penrith anyway. I think uh, we got kind of nailed the thing that's mm-hmm. undervalued. It's not the run meters which are overrated. It's the fact that he gets a lot of those balls on the fly. Or they also like to pin teams down and make them kick from awkward positions, which is good from them. Um, well, the, the one the one thing with the the Cowboys and everyone knows this stuff anyway, but the the kicking game isn't perfect, but they're so good at retaining their own kicks. Like the best in the competition retaining their own kicks, and when, obviously Nana is there and similar, but they are good at putting even average kicks into hard positions to to defuse and. Um, they're they're a big field position team. They all are, but you know, there's a big difference. The same the Penrith is like this too, but a big difference in when Cowboys win and lose games, there's a massive difference between the meters they can see. And I know that sounds dumb, but some of the other teams in the comp left now kind of are the same either way. But the Cowboys have a huge swing, but essentially they need to be on top, dominating field position. And um their kicking game and how often they regain kicks generally has a lot to do with how they win football. Everyone knows this stuff anyway, but I may as well say it. Uh, what would I ignore from the Cowboys? Um, ignore the bad Chad Counts and Click Kicks. Yeah. There's going to be bad ones because it's worth it when the good ones are put in, into Oh, traffic. and if, if people talk about Drinkwater's defense, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. It used to, mm. uh, it used to matter. It doesn't matter. Another thing that's fine, I find weird thing about Penrith is um, so today, you know, we talked about how you cut them up. They average, they're like the only team in the competition that average more tr- tries saved when they lose than when they win. There you go. 
because they're just their desperation defensively. And that's one thing that Dylan Edwards would be good at too. But when they played South and the game they, they ended up winning, South cut their line to shreds for that first eight half. Eight line breaks. Eight. And, eight of and it was what, six in the first half or something? I think something? it was six, six in the first half. And people were saying, and I thought no. Like I saw some people saying, oh, that's gonna, they're just going to crack the game open in the second half. And I was like, no. Uh, they cracked the game open. They didn't, they didn't take advantage of it. It's not going to just keep happening, you know? Penrith are too good to let a team do that for 80 minutes. And it didn't keep happening. So um, we should have yeah. won that game. Yeah. What, what about South, mate? What's on the undervalued for South to you? Um, undervalued? Alex Johnston. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, well, okay. So I, obviously I love Alex Johnston. I, I think that he deserves to be in the conversation for winger of the year. I think he deserves to be in the Dalian team of the year, quite frankly. But mm. I mean, I think that the most important thing about that is the downgrade that will be if he's not mm. there. Is dropping back to either old man Josh Mansour, who's been watched for two years, or Richie Cano's played one first grade game in like two years. So there's that part of it. But I think in that South, I think in the South team, just with how the narrative's gone in the last two weeks, and I've obviously contributed to this myself, but it's like almost everybody other than Latrell is kind of flying under the radar a little bit because every headline's about Latrell, every story's about Latrell, (laughs) and Ilias for some reason. So yeah. Cam Murray is somehow being undervalued, which is, is insane. What a shock. You know, him and Isaiah have the most passes in the competition for, for any forward. But we talk about Isaiah Yo being like they're, they're seven all the time. And Murray somehow has gone from like getting all this credit for quick play the balls forever, right? Yep. And then fans talk about him going along all the time, but he gets so much less credit than he used to get. And he's such a better player than he was. Um. Yeah, I agree. And overvalued. Over overstated, I think, is um well, I don't know if it's overstated, but like talking about Latrell's work rate. Mm-hmm. If he touches the ball twenty times and two of them set up tries and another two are him scoring tries, it's not gonna fucking matter that he didn't touch the ball very much. I'm gonna say underrated. Uh Keon Colomatungi's ball playing. He's great. Well. His hands fast are hands. real fast real hands. fast and real soft and when you mix that combination with a, mat, a hard line, line runner like he is, we'll see more of it the last six or seven weeks. Mm. You're getting better down the right because when a guy like Keon runs at you, you generally have to commit. He's huge. Yeah. So his tap-ons are getting really important and shaped down that side because it's not particularly talented side of the field for South. But that's where that's what I think if, if you're South, where you can get Penrith is the stretch left and come back. And to be honest, a lot mm. of their form this year has come through when they stop going left all the goddamn time, even though Johnson scored all those tries, yeah, the first ten weeks of the year, mate, all they did was go left. They too much, did one. it too and, much, and that bit of balance. And I think Keon Keon's hands is a massive part of that. That really opened up that right hand side. The, the more confident he's gotten those t- tip ons, the more confident. Yeah, he's I was going to say like asset for them. I could see that like he could either have two or three tap ons to either Ilias or Graham that result in line breaks and or tries or three errors and that yeah. could well be the difference in this game yeah i mean he offloaded like i think it was five or six times against the sharks and you mm. wouldn't you wouldn't know him it and, you know him and graham were just him and graham were just yeah. doing whatever they wanted pretty much every time they got the ball they which did, they did is great yeah. when that's supposed to be our weak side so yeah and especially i just going back to Penrith real quick i know that they're probably going to do this right but like i'm not so sure i'd be moving brian toto to the other side, personally. Yeah, I hate it. I think they're doing I it. I don't like it. that for two reasons. I don't like that, number one, because you expose Charlie Stain to the most lethal left edge in the competition. 
And the other thing is, Brian Toto is far more likely to be nullified by crazy Tane Milne and very good defender Campbell Graham than he is by crocked AJ and Isaiah Tars. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, and we've just seen how strong defensively Toto's been on the right-hand side as well. Uh, and then the last one's the Eels, and I think it's hard to call to say anything they do was understated because they're a team that have always had a bit of hype when they play well. They get that. Mm. I don't know them. Like, there's so many important players there. Sean Lane's Even had a Lane's getting season. hyped now. So it's he's like, getting hyped now as yeah. well. He was having a great year. Is a massive fulcrum of the attack. He's getting you know hyped. You know what has, I think, been very important for them is getting Madison yeah. coming off the bench, and he's been very good. He's yep, done some game-changing stuff every week. He comes on like that pass last week to Ballo was very important in breaking that game open. He's been real good. So yeah, maybe that, that for them. But yeah, all their, yeah, all their, they're such a team of like, not scrubs, but like, you know what I mean? When I say stars and scrubs, like the same mm. four or five guys that are so important to everything they do are the same four or five guys that get spoken about everywhere. Yeah. I think one thing understated too, actually, is Will, P- Will Penasini's defense has got really good for, mm. you know, for a 20 year old sender, a little nugget he is. And, you know, that that's important for them on that on that side of the field he'll be taking on the their left hand side where you know did and station scott drinkwater's at the back you've got val holmes that'll be a really important job for for Penasini on the day to to, to muscle up against val on the season he's had but i think a lot of the things they do well you already know about with Parramatta. we all know that they, they're one of the teams for some reason tactically they get spoken about when they play you know, people know like, hey, this team offloads a lot. They offload early and often and this team try to strike on the edges and they go to Sean Lane and then they'll look for Sevo. And it's like that team, for some reason, they get talked about tactically a lot more than the other teams do on their call. I don't know why, but they just do. I guess because they just do the same thing every week. But that's what they'll do. Try and do the same thing in this week, mate. They'll, they'll go up the middle, offload. Then they'll spread it left and look for Sean Lane with Gutho wrapping around behind him and then see if they can get the ball to Sevo and get Sevo one-on-one or down down the outside. That's what they'll look to do. Yeah. And so, it works a I lot. I think both these games are going to be really good. So do I. Okay. Good question, we got Next question. Eddie NZ, is there a halfback in the NRL that wouldn't win Man of the Steel? <laughs> I think maybe one of those dudes that, like, is more of a facilitator. Yeah, so, I like, mean... He literally has one move, Brody Croft. Still has the same one move. And he won the Man of Steel for doing that for like 10 weeks. He was poor for 10 weeks. Like, I don't think Kyle Flanagan would win the Man of Steel. No. I think it was at halfway of the year that I heard he was he was like 12 or 15 points behind Jay Field. Hmm. And he caught him. And that's just that classic way that these systems work. And the, the Daniel Liam's getting more and more like this. That these guys got these hot run home. And they get that like voting momentum almost. And Croft goes with the Salford. And ends up winning it somehow, but whatever mm. he won it. Uh, I don't think there's a player who's in a top thirty wouldn't play well in the Super League. Pretty much, though, they try. That's true. Uh, six against the Dallium Award is replaced with MVP voting. Who makes your ballot? Is it ten? Let's just do five. Okay, it's actually five's hard good. for me to think right now because I, I actually don't know who the MVP is this year. Um. Yeah. Neither. Because like. Because Penrith had guys out like half the season. They're the best yeah. team. I, I'd probably I'm, give... I'm weirdly close to voting for kick out, which sounds stupid. I'd probably <laughs> like... give... I think... Probably give the five to Tedesco, the four to Ben Hunt, maybe. If there was an the... MVP right in NRL, this year would be yeah. like the last year in the NFL where it went to Aaron Rodgers, but really it wasn't MVP winning years. You know, he won yeah. them. But like, you know, it wasn't like Lamar's year or Mahomes' no. year. 
or even bloody like Matt Ryan's fucking year, you know? Mm. Like, yeah, I'll probably Tedesco, go so? Tedesco, Hunt, uh, oh, it's tough, Edwards, man. maybe. Like, God. I know. Um, it feels bad, but like, you know, he probably has been the most consistent player in the team that's come first. Um, Dylan Brown and Cam Murray. There's five. Leave me alone. Yeah. I don't know who I'm, I'm Nico my brushed votes, by me. But terrible. Yeah, I, I'm brushing, probably brushing him as well. And, you know, anyway, uh, I've got to have Cam Munster in there somewhere. Just with like the season he had in the start and towards the end. So I don't know where he sits in there, but he's got to be in there somewhere. Number one's really tough this year. Like most years, you can really pick a best player or two in the competition. Tedesco had a really good end of the season, and it's easy to default to default to him. I think I'll, I think I'd have to almost default to him because it's like clear he didn't have a great year, you know. No. For, for and he got suspended years. for five weeks. He did, and um, you know, like really, I really don't feel comfortable voting MVP Fisher Harris or Tarpane, <laughs> you know, or Tamalolo. Yeah. I don't. Oh, I forgot about Tarpane. Sorry, he should be in my five. Yeah, I think Tarpane should be in my five somewhere, but it's it's probably like. Yeah, I don't know. I might just give Tedesco five because it's like same way Aaron Rodgers won it last year. Oh, he's good enough. He had a good enough season. He could have five. Um, probably give like one to Tarpane. God, that's it, it, it's 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 hard. Nothing on the spot. One to Tarpane, and then maybe two to Cam uh, Munster. God, I want Cam Murray in there somewhere too, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you yeah. picked the wrong Cam Murray just then. Uh, maybe I put Munster up higher, but even then, it's, it's, right, get yeah, him out it's of tough. Here. Like, I don't think I'll put any Sharks in my vote for it, uh, in the, even though they came second. And the Cowboys, it's like Tamalolo had a great year. So did Val. I said at Holmes. But I, th- yeah. I don't think I'd do any of them either. Yeah. Is Mitch Moses in there? Nah, fuck him. He's your mate. I mm. put him in there. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have a great answer for this. I think I've already kind of tapping out. I suck. No, it's fine. We did all right. We hey, what's going right. to like? Sort of, well, no, I had to sit down and think about it more to get a better yeah, answer. Maybe we can do this next week. Maybe we can maybe because we've got to do daily shows next week. So maybe we'll do like maybe one show can just be our team of the year or something. Mm, don't know about daily next week, but still do uh, we'll do it. We'll make, we'll make it work. They don't uh, have to be an hour each. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, Tarfanay would be there, that's for sure. At least yeah. one vote. Anyway, we, um, whatever. Terrible answer. Next question. Before we get... Yeah, just while yeah. I'm thinking of it, we didn't talk about Sawali defecting to Samoa. Maybe we should do that real quick. I think it's good. Um, he probably yeah, walks I mean, into the Australian team, especially with the guys not playing. Well, they put him in the, the squad anyway, right? He was, he was in the train the squad. on squad, yeah. Yeah, so he was going to be there. So, uh, it's really weird the... that he, he did it so late. Yeah. Is there a world where AJ undeclares for Papua New Guinea? He might. Because, like, I'm, I, you don't want to be a dick, right? But, like, I mean, like, many people probably out? probably a spot there for him if he if he wanted it. Be him and Adakar. Well, car. well it's... Talangi will be one of them. He'll be in. They've already... Like, he'll he'll be in the squad and so will Val. So... Okay. Stay with my, the my fear, My fear is them taking, like, a Gutherson as a utility back. 
you know, which I'm not a fan of. I think Campbell Graham's a real shot of it, and he's going to go insane in that same basket of a South player who hasn't played Origin, won't play Origin next year, but will play for Australia. Campbell Graham didn't didn't he already declared for Scotland, didn't he? Yeah, but come on, mate. <laughs> like, maybe he's, I mean, he's he's locked in for the Brave Hearts. I mean, I do think some of those guys who made those choices were pretty much like because that train on score went out, and it was obvious. Yeah, he's 24. I think those guys are probably told. X or Y at that time. So I won't be shocked if like someone who comes in now for Suwali might be like, or Suwali, sorry, might be like Cobo or Oates who haven't yeah. declared anywhere else who are just sitting there. That makes sense. Um, I'd be fine but, with that. Yeah. But I like that a lot. I don't think he should play fullback for Samoa because Stephen Crichton, they're both learning, right? But Crichton's done a bit more and Suwali looks, looks like he struggled there. But I think it's quite funny. Look at that Samoan team now. It's a very good team. It's pretty funny, guys like Charlie Staines, early declares. Not for living there for years. Mate, not gonna make the seven eight. They're not. And if you haven't seen what the team could be like, people, it's like they could have like for me for maybe Crichton fullback, Taylor May one wing, uh Swale in the centers, not not on the wing in this team for me, but you'd have um Toto the other wing, uh Tungo and as I said, Swale in the centres. Tyro, uh, you'd have Tyro May at, sorry, Jerome Lewis at six, Milford at seven, and the pack would be Josh Papali and Junior Barlow starting at uh, prop. I think New Brown has to play hooker with Aaron Clark maybe off the bench, and then like Jaden Sua, Luch on the edges, and then Aloye. It's a really good team. Yeah, they're going to beat England. It's pretty funny because they fixed that draw. Like if, if you haven't paid enough attention to the World Cup. They fixed the draw in a way that the host nation, England, are supposed to make the final. So in their group, they have Samoa in their group. They open the tournament against Samoa. And in uh, the Tongan group, they have PNG. And those two groups clash in the finals. The way it's supposed to be fixed there is that if England win their group, they play PNG in the finals. And then they play the winner of Samoa Tonga in the semi to make the final. They lose the first one to Samoa. They'll mm. play Tonga week one of the finals. Yeah. But it's Might been fixed that, that way, right? So because the other side is fixed to have the semi being Australia and New Zealand. You know? And yeah. uh unfortunately Lebanon, Jamaica or um Ireland are going to make the finals and play Australia that first week, which is funny. Be a good team, huh? Anyway, uh Yeah, real good. Okay, I'll do Wayne's question last. Okay. Uh, Matt Duggan asked, which club signing Brody Croft on big money would you find f- funny, find personally funniest? Melbourne. But that's obviously cl- not going to happen. Yeah, mine's clearly the Knights, which is one that could be could happen. Well, that's the most obvious, though. Mm. I, I would find so, funniest. That's the one I'd find funniest. Yeah, it would be funny. But like it's again, it seems like it's the one that's going to happen, like most likely yeah. to happen. So all the Titans, that's my other one. That's very funny. Yeah. The Knights would be funny seeing them like roll out Gamble and Croft after having Milford. And God, I hope they sign Brooks as well. Why don't get him up there? That'd be great. Uh last question comes from Wayne. If he just does he don't want the Hawthorne situation discussed. Good because we weren't going to discuss it. <laughs> um However, given the issues and time frame around them, is is this one of the situations where you can actually see the NRL media in a favorable light in comparison? You would have yes. to say, while going over the top almost every time, at the very least, they hold the games to account a lot better than AFL media do. Yeah, 
100%, mate. 100%. The AFL, the AFL are really good. The AFL media is really good at celebrating the AFL, much better than the NRL is, but you're 100% right in holding them to account situation. That incident, and I get, it's not our space to talk about it, that's an AFL incident, it's disgusting, happened like a decade ago. Yeah, well, when I saw that story this morning when I woke up, I was like, oh, oh, there's going to be another story about how awful the AFL was in like the 1970s. And then I was like, wait, Alistair Clarkson, that guy was a coach like two years ago. So it's like, and he still is a coach. Yeah, he just signed like a five year deal with a different team. Yeah. And just, mate, and just how recent it was and what you're telling me there's nobody knew any of that was happening. Like, I don't know. Maybe though a lot of other players seemed out there and it was happening. But yeah, I do think as you said, that one thing that Aneron Media is a bit better at holding people to account than the AFL is in that regard. Um, I mean, the guy who broke that story isn't exactly AFL media, is he? No, he just does a bunch of really good investigatory stuff for the ABC. But um I yeah, look, obviously our sport's not perfect. And it probably never will be. And there are mm-hmm. some things that we are worse at than than the AFL, particularly I think when it comes to like attitudes towards gay people um they've had a pride around for ages it's been and gone without issue mm-hmm. most of the time as as i understand it but the stuff with adam goods and the stuff that's coming out in the last few weeks I'm, i've no doubt that there are some bad things that clubs have done that development officers have done that coach i've no doubt that there's stuff that clubs have done that's bad but i would be shocked if there was anything that is the scale of the stuff i read today and more broadly than that people I've tried to conflate the Adam Goods thing with Latrell Mitchell recently, which you know I, I adore Latrell Mitchell. I love Latrell Mitchell. I spend every week on the show talking about Latrell Mitchell and how much of a fan of his it's I am. Lazy, mate, isn't it? They're not the same thing. It's like lazy. Roosters, like the Roosters fans booing him was because he hit Joe Manu in the head and because he left the Roosters in you know acrimonious circumstances. Um, Sharks fans booing him a bit weird, but whatever. Like it's still it's a finals game. He's the star player. He's the he's the guy you boo. I, I don't think it's good, but I it's not the same thing. And the idea that a guy like him or Jonathan Thurston or Greg Inglis or anybody else would be harassed and hounded out of the game in the way that Adam Goods was, is just crazy to me. Like it would just never happen. Yeah, It just wouldn't happen. And we've got a question came in while recording, which I've just seen on Patreon. May as well do that and finish there. Not so much your age student asks. Looking at how the narrative has changed around South halfback, what media narratives have impacted the game? For example, Although there were various personal stories going around at the time, I think if Cooper Cronk more credit for him just being good versus Craig turning from some bum on the streets to the best, he may have stated the Storms that are going to the Roosters to prove himself. Well, I disagree well, he, entirely. He, well, he moved to the Roosters for personal reasons. Yeah, that's it, why I disagree it had nothing entirely. To do, it had nothing to do with proving himself. His, his, and, his partner worked in worked in Sydney. And, and I, I very much respect to be with her. The mature age which I respect. Students, uh, questions a lot, but uh, I don't... That thing of... Cooper Cronk being a bum from the streets was an idiot's opinion. Like no, one, like honestly, that was one of those idiot opinions on living like internet forums and Twitter. But like no one with a clue ever thought that about him. Like that wasn't a media narrative. No one said that about Cooper in the media. Hey, he was being called a legend for like a decade. Yeah, and no one doubted. like I used to say Adam Reynolds was better than him, but I was taking the piss most of the time. Yeah, but um, like, he did obviously go there and prove how good he was. To some people who there was fans who doubted him. But the media never doubted Cooper. They didn't. Yeah. They were yeah. one of the big three real early. Absolutely. Um, what's one that had the, the words the wrestle? The wrestle? And basically uh, oh, when when, when the 
Little man's a good one. Basically, when like the when Greenberg was was parted ways with the NRL, when basically you said, "Well, he had to go." Why? Grassroots. Well, I don't know. Grass money because because someone said it on NRL three sixty. He had to go. Spending. So he so he had to go. Oh, he had to go. Well, I guess he had to go. Well, a bunch of people keep telling me he had to go. And I guess he had to go. You could you could argue it. (laughs) Good. Okay. There's other ones like um. Just the culture the, of ref way, bashing in general, but also the, the I think not a narrative. But I think the way pressure is applied on some players but not others who are in the same situation, like the million dollar man X, but we ignore the other ones, and that gets yeah, the million dollar man Ben Hunt, but the nine hundred thousand dollar man Corey Norman standing next to him, saying yeah, shit. that gets warped no so much that like we even have it in our Discord. You know, we respect those fans, and you know, we have people go, oh, you know, what it's, they go, oh, it seems like none of the million dollar deal works works million dollar deals work out. It's like no, guys, heaps of them do. We just don't talk about them. We only talk about Million Dollar Man when they fail. Like, and you go look at the NRL's rich listing, right? No one talks about all the contracts. No one ever spoke about how people being overpaid at the storm because they win. But there's Million Dollar Men there too. They work out fine. But yeah, it was like Ben Hunt ones. My favorite one is like Corey Norman was there skating for 800, 900K. You're doing nothing and nobody cared. But Ben yeah. Hunt. And even the start of this season, mate, preseason this year, Tamalolo is starting to cop it. For being a million dollar man, and the million dollar man wins, you has to win your games. It's like it's a thirteen man sport. Obviously, some players have a bigger impact on winning you games than other ones. Those are the guys who get the million dollars, but they actually don't solely win you games. It's not basketball, and even they don't solely win you games. It's a thirteen man sport with a bench, with a coaching staff. Some get players help you more than others, but there's there's nobody in the NRL that is a solo one man team. Like you go throw the troll on the tigers, he'd walk off a bridge after three weeks. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like screw this. He'd just get a tar, he'd never come back, mate. He just like I'm, I'm done with this sport. It's true. That seems much more likely. Yeah, like you know, and even one like one of the great examples is that like Tedesco went from the Tigers to the Roosters, played no different. And people were asking, I remember so many asked walking off the field after like five weeks. And he set a few tries up and they asked him about his passing game and he had the shits. And they're like, oh, I've been working on that this offseason. He developed a passing game. He's like, no, I've always had it. He said to the, I remember who asked him on the sideline, like, I've always had the passing game. I could always pass. It's mm. like, yeah, you guys just had some bullshit story when he was at the Tigers and all of a sudden act like the, the Roosters reinvented him. Not true. Same great player, either team. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, trying to think of other ones. Oh, I mean a lot. Of, oh, the best. Like, yeah, we've got we've got the best one of our lifetime, Bunk Dad. It's everyone's fault but Mitch Pierce's for how. Mitch oh, Pierce yeah, fucking hell, that's poor from us. I'm glad you remembered it's, before we stopped it's recording. It's the five eight. It's, it's he's the, finally ready to lead the Blues. It's the hooker. It's it's firstly as far as there's too many good things, get him out of the way, and yep. it's just the kind of guy he wants. And this isn't doing enough. Bring Farah back. Oh, geez, we need someone outside him. We need another six for him. Yeah, all about this six, all about six. Actually, no, Bungard. It's not the six. It's the fact he's actually a six himself. We're oh. going to engage his running game. Getting we him outside him. a seven. We can free him up. Yeah. Fuck, that didn't work either. <laughs> but if these forwards could just build a platform for him to work behind. Paul Gallon got out of the goddamn way. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. I mean, That was a decade long, by the way. That took a every long time. Every year, every year we did that, and and for whatever fucking reason, I don't know why. Basically, everyone in the media, apart from people whose surnames are Bungard or Campton, basically wanted like 
would take the smallest morsel of him doing anything remotely good and would mm-hmm. act like he was the best halfback. I remember reading like Mitchell Pierce masterclass after that game where Fafita was the best player on the field by a mile in that origin yeah. one. What year was that? 17? I can't, yeah. I Around then. Like Fafita was by a mile the best player on the field. He mm-hmm. fucking killed it. And then I remember afterwards it was all about Mitchell Pierce masterclass and it's like, what? <laughs> My favorite thing is I've seen people do it recently too. So I just see someone on Twitter live tweet themselves re-watching old origin and going, shit, he really was bad. Like, yeah, yeah that was me like... doing the uh, the um <laughs> the, the um the thing I did with JT and Kim at the start for Origin Three. I was like, yeah. I messaged you during that game, during my rewatch. I was like, dude, I do not. I forgot how many times I, he did I, the wrong thing. Like, I remember we all agreed he was really bad at this. Yeah. And then we kept going back to it. And he got all those opportunities to do it. But it was so fun. Every year it happened. Every year we thought we'd season any. You know what? That's the last we'll see him in a Blues jersey. And then in 2014, they won without him. And then in yeah. 2015, they went, you know what? We've got to get him back. Get him back. Just alongside. <laughs> and then they lost it. They're like, well, how did this happen? <laughs> like, what? Robbie Farah. Bloody. <laughs> get him out. Okay. It was a, well, I can't remember what series it was. It was one of the ones that got Farah dropped. And he, Farah had this, he brained one of these games, forced a couple of dropouts himself, set a try, two tries up. And then he got a kick wrong late in the game. And I can't remember what he got a kick wrong. I think he kicked it dead. And then, and then Queensland won on, on the back of that. And they're like, get him out of there. Get him out of the way. It's like he did everything good the Blues did in that game, but you never cared when Mitch Pierce kicked it poorly ever. But Robbie Farrow kicks one ball dead. It's like, get him out of the goddamn team. Get him out of the state. We don't want him. We'll have Mitch Pierce back again. And you know what, Bunga? I'm starting to think Maybe if he comes back to the Super League oh. at 34, he'll oh just, it'll, all come, it. it'll all finally come together for Mitch Pierce. It'll all He gets you a know? one year deal somewhere because like <laughs> six six games of like not terrible footy. And you know the classic. Oh, the game will slow down for him. Mm. What? No way. Um, spinning off of that, the, just the phrase "origin player," which translated yeah. loosely to a guy that just gave away a lot of penalties. Yeah, and the funny thing is, I do believe that a few people tick that basket box. Sorry, a few people do fit in that basket, but most don't. Ethan like, Lowe was an origin player. I mean, Dan Gagai is an origin player. Dan Gagai is an origin <laughs> player. He doesn't get called one ever. Like, you know, obviously fans are about origin Dan Gagai, but you know, he you know, he's I think he's done at level now anyway. He's a bit of an origin player. But Ruben mm. okay, Ruben Cotter is an origin player. There's one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um uh, we've reached that period yeah, in the episode enough. where we just start naming guys. And we just did and then naming takes. But that, that was a good question. I just didn't agree with the cronk part of it. But there's we're a lot of, we didn't have enough questions this week, but we they yeah, the funny thing is the, the narratives though, as you said, they really end up do shape shape a lot. Like, I remember the he's oh one more Great narrative. The Tigers big four. Oh, and how yeah. like the funniest part of that is like just because they were called a big four, whatever, how sought after they were. And Moses obviously ended up being great to so a Teddy. Aaron Woods played about three good games after that, if that. <laughs> like and he was treated as as important as the other ones, you know. Yeah. He was really like that meme where it's the clown in the army. Like yeah, bunker. The big um, oh, um, war chest. Yes, I tell you what, we're missing a war chest right now. Don't it's the Tigers almost, have a war chest? We're coming into the off season. Where's my the Raiders war chest? have a war chest? Don't they? I swear yeah, I read they, Raiders war chest a few weeks ago. It's all it's all going to Tarpane if it's ever got a war chest. It's well, going straight to his they, house. They better give it to him. I'm going to Google that Canberra. Raiders. I swear to God, I saw war chest. Surely the, drag, the dragons have a war chest. Surely. 
Uh, got a March war 20, March 2022. Raiders are set to open NRL's biggest war chest. These are the stars they could target. You ready there for you this? Go. Yep. Um, who are the stars? Fox? Who are the, you didn't name the stars. Um, no, nah, nobody. <laughs> no, it just they. It doesn't. Where are the star? Who are the stars? It there doesn't even go. name it. Just then, it's just, they baited me in. They got you good, mate. You got the, they, they got, got me to click. I mean, that never happens. But I wanted to read it just to humor the the war chest thing. But oh well. Go. Anyway, that's the questions. Was, was all right. we, we did it. Through. Yeah, it was good. Good show. All right. Before we go, a quick thank you to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon subscription service. Uh, if you want to be a member, patreon.com forward slash and rookies. Lots of reasons to do so. Now, no better time than right now. Grand final. We're coming to the pointy end. Love lots of good stuff for you next week. And a thank you too. Bronco for birth, Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Butsy, Ken Beswick, Chewbacca, Snuffleupagus, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton, Frankie, Jace Felix Farm with James K. Jason, Jazzy in the top 10, Joel Wrigley, Joey Gooch, Josh Brandon, Kicks Outs Out of the Comp, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Ferguson, Matty Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my arms they go a flip flop, flip flop, flip, never trendy, Party Keg, Pete Fulcher, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Schneiderfield Score, Simo Bart, Shunter, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Stone Gossard, Ty, TB, The Black Vegetable, The Not So Mature Student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Woz. Thank you so much for your support. To everyone who just listens, uh, and to everyone in the lower tiers, thank you as well. Uh, we'll be back for the grand final week. Crazy. Good. I don't want to lose another prelim. <laughs> it seems likely, though. It does seem very likely. I would say very likely. <laughs> Extremely likely, more likely that's, than not. Like, yes, more yeah. like yes. That's what likely means. Extremely, very. I don't think you needed to put a qualifier in front of it. Yeah, as certain is the sun is to come up tomorrow. South yeah. had to lose his prelim to Penrith. <laughs> You're a fucking scumbag. <laughs> Lucky I don't believe in jinxes. Otherwise, I'd be mad at you. Good. Not a child. So, All right. but Nick Cantor is shitting his bed right now. <laughs> oh, he'd be fur- he's furious on my behalf that you've said this. That's it. Or maybe on Penrith's behalf. I don't know how jinxes work because, once again, I am not a child. So, all right. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. That's goodbye from me. <laughs>